0: And welcome into to another edition of the Andy Mazur Podcast. I'm Andy, and thanks for being here. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear wherever you may be listening across the many different podcasting platforms like Spotify, Google, Anchor, and of course, Apple Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored locally by Roots Pizza with four convenient Chicago area locations. There's sure to be a Roots Pizza near you. Stop in for Quad City-style pizza with that sweet malted crust. And don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks They're unforgettable and life-changing. For more information, head to RootsPizza.com. Let's talk some baseball. Is there movement in the labor negotiations? Will there be baseball this season? Let's find out the answers to those questions and more as we kick off this edition of the Andy Mazur Podcast with national baseball writer Bob Nightingale of USA Today.
1: This is Andy Mazur the podcast this episode bob nightingale national baseball writer for usa today sits down with andy and discusses the state of baseball and the lockout you
2: have executives scouts players like what are we fighting for again and that's what you get you don't have a salary cap or salary floor you're gonna have a lot of infighting as well back in 94 95 baseball was america's pastime. now
0: here's andy and we are joined by Bob Nightingale of USA Today, and uh, I know it's a busy time, so we certainly appreciate you taking some some time out here for us as well. But uh, what what's the latest? What can you what can you update us on?
2: Well, they've been negotiating all day, you know, in New York City. Uh, things are moving, and a little bit like I said last week, uh, progress has definitely been made, compromises on both sides. Uh, you know, there won't be a deadline. You know, they said deadline on uh, Tuesday night. Let's push it to Wednesday. The real deadline is Wednesday afternoon, just like last week in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, but, you know, both sides, you know, there, there's some cautious optimism. I mean, you know, just, just like a week ago. But I think, you know, now with the prospect of, you know, gains being canceled, worrying about back pay, service time, if they don't get something done, this can get really, really ugly.
0: You know, from the outside looking in, you can kind of get the feeling that the players are saying, okay, well we got screwed a little bit uh, the last time out and we don't want that to happen again. The owners are probably saying to themselves, okay, maybe we did get away with something here. We want to keep, we want to keep the upper hand. And it seems like that's what's kind of uh, getting in the way here.
2: Well, I think some of it too, is that, you know, the players say, okay, we had a rod deal last time, maybe in the deal before, trying to get it back in all one agreement. And I think MLB is saying, yeah, it worked out in our favor, but you're not going to get it all back in one agreement. And, uh, you know, I mean, how many years was it, Andy, where 30 some years where, you know, people laughed at, you know, the union always got the upper hand over the the owners. And uh, that was the way it was. So the tide turned a little bit. And I'll be honest, when that last uh, CBA was done, (laughs) several owners said to me, oh man, we got a lousy deal. So you never know when the deal is signed how it's going to turn out.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's all about perspective, I guess, and uh, I'm not the one writing the check, so I guess I don't really have a right to feel that way. <laughs> right. You know, I, I I kind of thought and this is going back um, to last year with the or 2 years ago that is with the pandemic uh, shortened season of 60 games. And there was a lot of dialogue. It seemed like there was some goodwill a little bit between the two teams because there was that common enemy. The COVID was kind of the common enemy, and they wanted to get things done. They they talked about the seven inning no hitters, uh, uh, double headers. They talked about the the runner at second base and all that kind of stuff. And I got the feeling that if they would have talked about this then, they might have been able to get it done.
2: Well, yeah, they should have definitely talked about it. You know, long before January. I mean, they had a couple of talks there. You know, in November in Dallas. Uh, you no, know, very little talk during the season when it should done. They're absolutely right. And then when they had the lockout December 1st, nobody talked for 43 days. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was a big problem. Just that nothing happened for so long. And then they, uh, you know, finally they started doing stuff and took a deadline of last week to really get kind of get things moving.
0: And, you know, like uh, you said, there was a lot of optimism and a lot of hope, uh, last week in Florida when they met better for the better part of a day. Uh, couldn't come up with the agreement. Uh, then, you know, the agreement got moved back a little bit. The, the deadline date got moved back. You know, it, it's hard to imagine this, but it does look like, again, both sides want to get something done. It's just a matter of how they're going to go about doing this here and, and, and save the season.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just even missing two weeks is awful. You know, talking to Austin Slater of the San Francisco Giants at the Union Camp uh, today in Mesa, Arizona, and he says, hey, this time around, we don't have the steroid era to say baseball. We don't have a McGuire so-so home run race. Uh, we don't have Cal Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's record. Uh, remember now, people, you know, remember those things, but from 1994, it, it took 12 years before a tennis play to that level. Uh, tennis has dropped in the last four years now. So, you know, even when this thing is signed, they got to get a better relationship. Remember, they, uh, you know, last year, Baseball wanted to move the season back and shorten it, even though giving full pay. And uh, the players said no. Players wanted a DH. Uh, owners said no. Owners wanted expanded playoffs. Players said no. So they've been disagreeing on a lot of things here the last few years.
0: Where do we stand on the the, the playoffs and the postseason? Because it went to ten, uh, you know. Then it went back to normal, and now we're talking twelve. We're talking fourteen. Then ghost wins and all that kind of stuff. I mean. It just seems kind of uh, incomprehensible to someone who's followed the sport as long as I have, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. Where you know you you turn yourself into the NHL uh, when you're allowing half the teams basically to get into the playoffs. What's the what's the full season for then?
2: Yeah, I give kudos to players. They're sacrificing some money for kind of the integrity of the game, as you know. Just point out, we've got a 162 game season. You should want to win that division and make it a uh, you know everything. Uh, I mean, the Giants-Dodgers, we all know they're both going to make the playoffs last year, but a big advantage winning that division compared to, you know, having that wild card game. Then the Dodgers almost lost that wild card game to the St. Louis Cardinals. So it means everything. So right now it's at 12 teams. LB said, you know what, okay, we'll go with that. Uh, Won't be worth as much money. I think at a 14 team, it would have been worth $100 million a year. Now it'd be worth about $60 million a year. But, uh, you know, I I had some players that say, you know what, Uh, if we had – 14-team playoffs the last 10 years, six teams would have made it with a losing record. Uh, to your point, view, you know, like and NHL, you don't want teams with a losing record to make the postseason.
0: And that's true. And then you would be playing playoff games uh, around Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least with this format, they're going to do it like they uh, did last year. So best of three, uh, first round. At least no travel days. Every game's at home. Or, you know, the, the team with the best record is at home. So, because the big thing is, uh, you know, it's going to be the best two teams in each league, you know, best records in each league, we'll have first round bye. Uh, those teams will sit around until Friday. They don't want to go too much longer, because as we've seen, you know, those long layoffs, those Detroit Tigers teams, you know, twice in the World Series, were just a shill themselves uh, from having those long layoffs. The Rockies, who were not the same team in 07, so you can't have a long layoff in baseball.
0: So that's one of the issues, obviously. The, the other one we keep hearing about is uh, the CBT, the, uh, the, uh, the luxury tax threshold. Can you kind of explain where each side is coming from on this? Because I, I know it has something to do with the revenue sharing and it has something to do with the fact that a lot of these small market teams are, are wanting the threshold to be a little bit, uh, a little bit lower.
2: Yeah, the big thing with luxury tax, it came in effect in uh, 2003, is to prevent runaway spending. So it was really designed to stop the Yankees from what they were doing under George Steinbrenner. And the Boston Red Sox jumped in there, too. So it's kind of stopped those two teams and helped the small markets. Uh, Nowadays, you know, the the Dodgers had a 25-hour last year. Closest team to them was the Padres at 216. And nobody else in the division was, you know, even – you know, $100 million of the uh, Dodgers. So it's like, you know, punish them for going that high. Uh, financial penalties, maybe draft picks. Now there's word, you know, out there that, you know, Steve Cohen and New York Mets might have a $300 million payroll. Same thing. So just to stop the runaway spending, because let's be honest, the disparity in baseball is so much greater than, you know, the other three major sports, you know, with no salary cap. And the union fights that hey, if your uh, teams want to spend on you, they should. And they point out correctly, like last year, four teams are within five million dollars of luxury tax. So, and without going over, so they're treating it like a uh, salary cap instead of just a luxury tax, like it's supposed to be.
0: And I, I know there's been some talk too uh, within the union ranks about how some of these small market teams are are dealing with their with their revenue sharing money rather than putting it on. Well, it's it's supposed to be competitive, and you know, it's a competitive balance tax is what it, what the CBT uh, turns out to actually mean. But, you know, there, there's several small market teams and I, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but the Pirates are one that always comes to mind about the fact that they have a, a salary uh, of their entire team that is the value of maybe some team's outfield, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, when you go, uh, say, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore, uh, Tampa, you know, Tampa wins, it's a little different, but they say the other three is that, you know, they have payrolls lower now than 20, 25 years ago despite all the revenue streams and everything else. So teams are you know, pocketing that revenue sharing money or you know, the, uh, uh, in the luxury tax money and not putting it onto the product. I and mean, there's no reason teams shouldn't have at least $100 million payroll. And baseball offered that, but they also said at the time, $108 million luxury tax, which is too low. And the unions, the argument is, if we ever agree to a floor, a cap's coming because you know, they'll have a ceiling to that floor.
0: What what also is going on now with uh, with rule changes and things of that nature? I know they've adopted the the universal DH, and uh, there's various thoughts about that. Uh, you know, it, it kind of worked, I think, during the uh, during the COVID season. But other rule changes that Major League Baseball might want to uh, apply, such as the dreaded pitch clock, whether it be uh, fourteen, nineteen, twenty, whatever we heard the uh, the amount of seconds. But there's something in this uh, in this deal and the negotiations about the the length of time that Major League Baseball has to notify the players in, in order to, to make one of those changes.
2: Yeah, so what happened is that now they have 45 days before they can request rule changes. Now, they would never do it during the season. So it's really for let us be able to put these three new rules in in 2023, not having to wait till 2024. And those are only the three rules that have a 40-day grace period. The others are a full calendar year. So pitch clock you know, like you said 14 seconds nobody on base 19 seconds with with uh, uh, runners on base uh, they're not banning the shift but they're restricting it so all four infielders have to be in the dirt when the pitch is being thrown uh you know we'll see whether that have be two on each side of second base or not but everybody's grabbing the dirt and then enlarging the bases by three inches hoping that would you know uh, you know propel or persuade some uh, base runners to try to steal bases more than going to station to station.
0: It's interesting about those last two, uh, especially with the shift and with the the bases. I mean, I'm reading Twitter and I'm seeing some players and former players just having a field day with this. I mean, Joey Gallo obviously is the one guy that's been tweeting a lot about the shift. And I saw something from Fergie Jenkins the other day, the former uh, Cub, the Hall of Famer, who said, what do we need bigger bases for? I'm sitting in a luxury box and I can see the bases just fine. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, the pitch clock has made a difference in uh, the minor leagues. Uh, the games are about 20 minutes quicker, but the big thing is offense is a lot better with the uh, pitch clock. You know, pitches are more rattled. I think the batting average went up 30 points. Uh, runs per game, about a run per game. Uh, home runs up, strikeouts down, even walks were down. So they like that. The interesting thing with the shifts, they didn't see anything, any changes at all. And I think sometimes, you know, how how often we see a ball hit, Second base, there's nobody there. So I, I'm not sure there's gonna be a big uh, uh, difference as we may think it will be. And the enlarged bases in the minor leagues, just resulted in just one more stolen base per game, but it was a 76% stolen base uh, rate su- success. So, you know, maybe guys will start trying stealing bases more, but the pitch clock will be the big thing. And, uh, you know, there's guys vehemently against it, particularly the guys who never had to use it in the minor leagues.
0: I always thought about the, the length of game. If, if the umpires actually called the rule book strike, <laughs> it would be a lot quicker.
2: Yeah, you know, they did uh, you know, to stop the uh, strike, the automated strike zone. You know, the uh, MLB asked for that, and the union said, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, you watch these games, you can watch the replay 20 times, and still don't know whether the guy was safe or out. <laughs> they don't have the camera work, so how are they going to do it, you know, at home plate? Then now you talk to the umpires and say, you know what, with baseball embracing gambling and these gambling sites, right, uh, you know, inside the stadium or right outside, like they'll have it at Wrigley, you know, we don't want to mess up a few calls on uh, strike balls, and all of a sudden people say, hey, is this umpire in the take or gamblers, you know, being upset, so it would alleviate some uh, stress from their lives.
0: Coming up, we'll have more of our conversation with USA Today writer, national baseball writer, Bob Nightingale, when the Andy Mazur Podcast continues in just a moment. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, and we're ready to shamrock all morning for Chicago's St. Paddy's Day celebration. You can join the Rooftop Rager at Roots South Loop on Saturday, March 12th from 9 a.m. until noon. The rooftop will be enclosed and party ready, unless, of course, Chicago surprises us with a great day. Each general admission ticket will include access to the Daytime Rooftop Rager, featuring a DJ, table games, cornhole, drink specials. There's bottomless drink packages as well with domestic beer, green beer, house spirits, mimosas, Bloody Marys, and Jameson cocktails. Plus, there'll be a breakfast buffet. Join us at Roots Pizza for the St. Paddy's Day Rooftop Rager. For more information, head to RootsPizza.com. That's RootsPizza.com.
1: This is Andy Mazur. The podcast. This episode, Bob Nightingale, national baseball writer for USA Today, sits down with Andy and discusses the state of baseball and the lockout. Here's Andy.
0: Do the, uh, the players and the owners realize the impact that they are having right now on not just the negotiations, but the game itself? I mean this this game is not thriving among younger viewers and not uh, thriving among young people in general the attention span is is changed a little bit uh everybody thinks the game is too slow I mean I, you know I grew up with it you grew up with it so I mean we have a, a kind of a, an innate being with it but uh d- are they cognizant of all that
2: you know they are uh, you know talking I was at the union camp today and the players brought that up constantly man I feel bad for the fans you know Liam Hendricks was saying you know of uh, these stadium workers, you know, in, in Chicago and spring training here in uh, in Phoenix, you know, you feel bad for these people. I mean, that's, a, you know, let's a make a living off that. Uh, you're right. I mean, the Gen Z recent poll had baseball as one of their six most favorite professional sport, even behind beach volleyball. So, yeah, I think just missing a week of games uh, would crush fans. I think maybe if the season starts and no games are missed, full 162, maybe it's okay, we, we forgive, you no know, no harm done. But I think if you have less than that, people may say, especially the younger fans, you know what, I'm tired of baseball. I'm, I'm going to start you know, zeroing in on, uh, on all the other sports.
0: Yeah, that would be an absolute shame because you know, the game itself is great. I mean, there's strategy with every pitch. There's strategy with every play. Uh, you know, Managers making decisions on the fly and uh, umpires having to make decisions bang, bang, and – yeah, replays kind of slowed things down a little bit, but I think it's probably gotten more right than it's gotten wrong. So it would be such a shame if that uh, was a result of all of this uh, kind of bickering between the two sides.
2: Yeah, I and mean, they got to be careful because, you know, the sports popularity. I mean, even, uh, you know, a deal like today, it's like, well, baseball would be smart uh, not to end the lockout today. Both sides should not come to agreement because we be on page 47 of newspapers because it's all arguing about Aaron Rodgers going back to Packers yeah. and Russell Wilson, being traded trade the Broncos? It's football, football all the time. Now, there was more attention last week in the uh, the mini camp on you know, guys' speed or hand sizes, things like that, than what was going on in baseball.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, the combine and uh, kind of uh, overshadowing everything that's been going on. But, you know, when, when the lockout took place, I mean, early December, I mean, that's usually the time we see a ton of movement. We see a lot of trades. We see a lot of free agent signings. There were a few before business kind of concluded. You know, Marcus Stroman, of course, with the with the Cubs. Let's say that the lockout comes to an end uh, in two days. What do you expect to see when they say, "Okay, baseball, we're back open for business"?
2: Oh, just a frenzy. Any, uh, I, I can't imagine what's going to be like. You got two hundred free agents out there. You know, you got a uh, guys are kind of still stuck in waivers. Uh, teams need to fill out their rosters. It's just going to be, you know, I don't see GMs getting any sleep at all. You better rest up now, uh, you know, in agents. So I, I think it's going to be crazy. I mean, we see freezes and frenzies in the NBA, uh, some of the NFL too. But it's going to be like the NBA style. I think just, you know, every few minutes, there's a guy going here, here's a guy going there. Uh, maybe not the first day or two. Because then will look like, okay, what was going on? We were supposed to be in a lockout. Yeah. And we weren't supposed to be talking. So maybe they'll make it look better by waiting a few days.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. I'm sure there's some uh, some dealings going on. Wink, wink, nod, nod behind the scenes. Because I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like you said, I mean, it's you're going to get you're going to get hamstrung by time first of all. Because who knows how long a spring training would actually go if the lockout ended in a couple of days and they wanted to get. Again, games played, and you're not playing games in the in the middle of November. Uh, by the time the playoffs go, if you're if you're talking about Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, I mean that's not an ideal time to be playing baseball. So uh, it, it, there has to be something going on behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, I mean you would think that you know somebody's talking, but you know, hey, MLB said you better not do it. You know, if it, if it gets exposed, you know you're going to get suspended for a long time. So we'll see. But certainly the front offices are all grouping and, and say, okay. We're targeting this guy for this much, this guy for that much. Uh, we got to make some trades here. So, I mean, uh, I'm sure they can't wait to jump on the phones and start getting things done. You know, nobody's got a complete roster. Everybody's got some holes, no matter how great of a team you are.
0: So, if the lockout did end in a couple of days, what what is the plan? I mean, is there, uh, uh, is there spring training? Is, does it have to be four weeks? Does it have to be three weeks? Uh, how long are they thinking?
2: Well, you know shorter the better. Uh, they, they say four weeks just to make sure guys are healthy. But I think you know, if it's three and a half, they'll do it. Uh, even three weeks, they may say, you know we'll uh, add a taxi squad uh, like they did in the COVID. You can have three extra players in the month of April, something like that. I uh, would think you, know, you gotta give players three, four days to start showing up. That's just the guys that live in, in this country. You know, it's gonna be tougher for the uh, international players. And I just think guys will be rolling in, you know, uh, one by one, you know, for, uh, you know, for next week or so. Free agents will be signing, you know, right around opening day or when the season even starts. Uh, so, yeah, it's not going to be ideal at all. And, you know, I would think that would get the players at least, you know, four days or so to show up. And if you can't make it, you can't make it. You know, I mean, the trouble is nobody's got uh, houses either, very few. The housing market right now for, you know, like for the Cubs and White Sox players, it's about 6000 bucks a month because we wait too long. There's golf tournaments going on and things like that. So guys will be scrambling just to find housing and hotel rooms. All
0: right, so as we sit here, you and I are uh, doing this on uh, Tuesday, March 8th. We're a little after 4 o'clock uh, Central Time. What, what does your gut tell you about uh, the, the state of these negotiations at this particular point? And are you confident that something could get done within the next couple of days?
2: You know, I am uh, optimistic on that. Uh, so I think by, you know, four o'clock central time, you know, on a, you know, what's today? What, on, uh, yeah. Today's Tuesday, today, March Tuesday. 8th. Yeah. Yeah. So I think four o'clock central time on Wednesday, I think we'll have a deal. I really do. I just think, you know, everybody's pushed each other to the limit. Uh, are you really going to miss more games? And it's just going to complicate things with back pain and everything else that the union will say, we gave as much as uh, we got as much as we could, the owners would say, hey, we gave we conceded uh, to all this stuff too, you know, no more, so, you know, hey, the players can get, you know, right now about $500 million in new money on this, the minimum salary will go up a minimum of uh, $130,000, is a new pre-arbitration pool, there's a draft lottery to help, you know, the tanking, Uh, mechanisms to stop service time manipulation, you know, the Chris Bryant rule. So uh, I think no matter what happens, when this is all said and done, the union can certainly sit back and say, we won these negotiations.
0: You know, that's one other thing that you brought up there that I I really like. And that's that uh, the draft lottery style. uh, I mean, it it benefited a few teams, obviously to, to go ahead and, uh, and not put a very competitive uh, team on the field. And those teams ended up winning World Series, so it's kind of hard to argue with the with the the mindset, at least. But it's still tough on a fan base to know that you're going to go three, four, five, six years without uh, really putting a competitive team there, and expect to get rewarded for it by the, the you know where you're drafting.
2: Yeah, it just it's, uh, it's terrible for the fan bases. You know, I mean, the Cubs went through that, the Houston Astros. Well, like you said, Andy, and they went uh, they back back to back World Series, the two teams. So that system works. So they have to change that, particularly when there's a great stud player out there. And the Nationals got very lucky there with Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg back to back. Now everybody's talking about Andrew Jones' son, you know, as far as being a clear number one guy. So at least to prevent that, you know, and as, as MLB says, it'll be the most aggressive draft lottery of any sport. No one's had, you know, I think they're still debating between five and six uh, lottery picks, but no one, no one has that many.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, too. A lot of people will try to compare drafts. so They'll try to say, okay, well, Major League Baseball draft, you really can't compare it to the NBA. NBA is two rounds, and you're expecting these guys to make an immediate impact like within the next year. Same thing kind of with the NFL. You're thinking maybe, all right, you get a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick. They, they should be starting for me this season. Yeah, it's a little different with baseball, but yet the, the concept still, I think, will prevent a lot of these teams from trying to say, all right, well, we're going to lose 100 games, and we don't care.
2: Yeah. just I, yeah, I mean, the fans are paying major league prices. They're not paying uh, triple A prices or double A prices. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at the Baltimore Orioles. You're going through that, you know, losing 105, 110 games year after year, like they have, uh, you know, it's tough to watch at some point. You gotta, try, you gotta try to win or else, you know, you're going to lose those fans forever. Those Baltimore Orioles fans will say, you know what, I'm going to start becoming Mets fans or Yankees fans or whatever.
0: So did you ever think when you got into the journalistic field that you would have to maybe have a, a, a background in contract law?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have studied business more in college.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it's unreal with, just with the reporting that's going on and, and trying to make, uh, you know, Hedger Taylor for my audience here in Chicago to try to, to, try to simplify things because I got to be honest with you, some of these things I don't, I don't understand. And, I, you know, I've been following this sport for a long time, but it's just, it's, you know, kind of above the head a little bit with the legalese.
2: Yeah, and I think what, at least what people understand is that these uh, franchises grow so much in value uh, you know, the Ricketts family buying the Cubs for what was it eight, six years or so. Now it's worth, you know, three and a half billion and growing because of the area that bought up around uh, uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, you said that in St. Louis, Atlanta. Uh, the smart teams are the ones that build an area around the ballpark because you don't have to share that money in revenue sharing with the uh, other clubs. Uh, so everybody is trying to do that now. You know, Denver just did that. Uh, it's a gold mine. So, yeah, I mean, I think people at least understand that, that no one's going broke here. I think the only team that's not worth a billion is the Miami Marlins, and that's it.
0: And they had some uh, crazy shakeup, uh, you know, even to kind of overshadow the lockout for a couple of days as well with Derek Jeter uh, saying, nope, I don't like the vision of where this thing is going. That's not what I signed up for. I'll see you guys later. (laughs)
2: Right, right. Exactly. You know, that comes out while there's games getting pushed out. Who knows the exact reason, but, yeah, it doesn't look good. And baseball was embarrassed because, you know, Jeter means so much to the sport uh, without Jeter and that ownership group. And yeah, they probably don't get the Marlins. It's probably some other uh, group, but that was a big loss. I mean, for Rob Manford to come out and, you know, do a press release on it, you know, you don't see that. Particularly with a guy who only owned 4% of the team. It wasn't like he was a 100% owner.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was 100% of the story, though. I guess that's probably why he had to come out and do that because I don't think anybody could really name anybody else in the Marlins front office except for King Ang, uh, Kim Ang, and that's about it. <laughs>
2: You're absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, we'll see who's all left standing there. But, yeah, it's a shame. Hopefully, Jeter gets back in some ownership group. We need, you know, we need him in. We need, uh, we need Theo Epstein back in with the, with the ball club, you know, things like that. Uh, it's a shame when these guys step away, particularly a, a player like that, you know. Uh, that's right. You know, it's so cool to see Michael Jordan, you know, having a team I would think LeBron James, you know, he's got part ownership of the Red Sox already. So maybe he branches out and buys more of the Red Sox.
0: Well, here's hoping in the next couple of days that, uh, that we're reading you in the USA today, and it's all about trade rumors or about uh, uh, rumors where free agents are going and maybe some actual contracts that, that have been signed. And uh, that'll be the sign that things are a little bit back to normal. and We can expect some baseball uh, in the not too distant future.
2: Yeah, they got to take advantage of it. You got March Madness coming up, and pretty much April's theirs, except for the, you know the Masters. So it's a time to take advantage. If they wait till May first, it's like uh oh, you know, here comes uh, all their sports with their playoffs and NBA and AHL. It's like you're going to get lost. And uh, yeah, it's, it's already a black eye for the sport.
0: And my thanks to Bob Nightingale for spending some time in this busy time for him, covering the labor negotiations between baseball and the players. More of the Andy Meister podcast will continue in just a moment. Again, our podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza. Join Roots Pizza at our Lincoln Square location, Sunday, March 27th, for pizza school. Master the art of creating your very own pizza by using the basic fundamentals taught here at Roots Handmade Pizza. Our dough-tossing pros will demonstrate the perfect technique for you to follow along. You'll be guided through saucing, topping, and cheesing your pizza as you wish. Once you've created the perfect pie, we'll bake your masterpiece in our oven. All you need to do next, enjoy your creation. Sunday, March 27th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at our Lincoln Square location on Lawrence. Each table reservation includes a 12-inch pizza kit and non-alcoholic beverages. 50% of all ticket sales will be donated to One Tail at a Time Animal Rescue. For more details, head to RootsPizza.com. That's RootsPizza.com.
1: Andy Mazer Podcast. Now, back to Andy. You got something to get off your chest? You know, something that's been eating at you. It's time to rant. Andy in 60.
0: All right, here we go again. I'm going to pick on baseball and this opportunity to talk about ghost wins. Really? Now, this is one area that I completely disagree with the Players Association on. So if you're not familiar, they want the team with the better record in the first round of the playoffs to enter the series with a 1-0 lead in games. Oh, and all the games will be played in that team's home ballpark as well. So you basically cheat the fans of the other playoff team out of seeing their team at home at all during the series. While we're at it, the stupidity of a 14-team playoff is absolutely mind-boggling. We're not playing in the NHL here. We play 82 games to eliminate half the teams and the rest move on to the playoffs. Baseball playoffs, well, they at least used to mean something. I'm just getting used to the wild card situation, and now they want to throw the possibility of 12 or 14 teams making the postseason? Not on my watch. I'm good with 10. You can probably talk me into that. So let's get it together here. Maintain some of the sanity of baseball's postseason. There isn't much left in the game of baseball, so we need to protect all the little morsels of goodness that we possibly can. That's Andy in 60 and a half. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Andy Mazer Podcast. Once again, a big thanks to Bob Nightingale, the writer for USA Today, covering the national baseball scene for spending a few moments with us here in this uh, edition of the podcast. We certainly appreciate his time. We appreciate you listening as well. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you hear your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you're listening to us on. Please hit that subscribe button so we know that you're out there and enjoying what you hear. You can also follow us on Facebook, Andy Mazer Podcast. It's all one word. When you go to Facebook there, you can check out that page and like that page. And uh, that's where I'll post a lot of information about what may be coming up on the next edition of the Andy Mazur Podcast. And you can also leave your comments and your questions. And, uh, again, we'll have some of those uh, answered right here on the podcast at future times. So, once again, a big thanks to you for listening to us. We appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Andy Mazur
1: Podcast. This is the Andy Mazur Podcast.
2: Andy Major. Thank you. Hi, pal.